going very well. There's a nice um, earworm that I'm going to have for the next hour and a half, just going ba 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 ba. Is it your wife? Is that her name? Yeah, that's the one. That's coming in a different account for some reason. <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely fine. As long as you're here, I've been doing this for a year and three months now, and you are, I think, interview interviewing number one six one. Uh, you are not the first that I'm speaking to in Spain. Are you now adjusted to Central European time? Yes, yeah, bothered. <laughs> that's very good. But you lived on Welsh time before. Yeah, so, well, sort of. I mean, yeah, for most of my life and then sort of moved to Loughborough where I lived for kind of two years. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I lived in England for a while and obviously moved up to Spain then uh, oh. recently, so... Yeah, I've never been to Lugerburger. My grandma once told me the story of an American lady from the Golf Society saying, how'd you get to Lugerburger? Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've told this story Not before. Quite. It was 20 years ago. It rained all the way to Cardiff. It rained all the way as Tottenham lost to Blackburn and it rained all the way back. So I'm afraid I don't have the best experience in Cardiff, but I do know it's a wonderful city to party and to be in. I imagine it was quite nice to be in five years ago. Were you there? in the summer of 2016? Uh, yes, yes, I was there. Yeah, interesting times, for sure. Hmm. Hal Robson Cruyff, as he's well known. Yeah, well, I was, in, I was, in sort of, I was actually in France for the, for the experience of the Euro, Euro 2016. Oh, so, uh, quite the Quite the experience. Which would be, we actually missed the Belgian game, um, but we were there for all the other ones, so it was uh, uh, quite an adventure, sort of travelling across France, and much too much time in the car, but all worth it in the end. It's great news. I mean, Craig Bellamy tells horrible stories of Bobby Gould's era of managing the Welsh football team. I don't know when your introduction to football was. Was it the 90s or the 2000s? Yeah, the 2000s. I wasn't born until 96. Um, so, yeah, I still caught some of the, the grim years, but certainly also some of the glory years of recent times where it's been obviously much better than, than other eras. As a Welshman, do you have a vicarious stake in the career of Gareth Bale, very good golfer, from what I hear, single-figure handicapper. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, obviously, sort of, uh, there's a there's a real urge to sort of defend Gareth Bale um, for Welshman as as he would be. He's a hero for both Real Madrid and Real, so at least for. I mean, it was the ultimate. The ultimate disrespect. He scores an incredible goal for Real Madrid and has to give post-match interviews saying, "Well, where's my where's my medal?" I'm just as good as Ronaldo is. I'm not respected. And that's why Real Madrid are in the mess they are in. And if you're being paid that much money uh, by whoever is paying him, you're not going to complain too much. But is it something like £20 million a year he gets? What do you do with that money? Apparently play golf. Um, Mm. Yeah, Yeah, it's obviously used to the lifestyle, but a well-paid player and probably earned it as an all all the things he's won for Real Madrid and played such a big part in winning them as well. What I'm about to say is both a segue and not a joke. If Unai Emery phoned him up and said, good evening, that is the only time I'll use that phrase, uh, do you want to come to Real? I'll pay 10% of your wages just to get you away from Madrid. A, do you reckon he'd go? B, do you reckon he'd fit in a team? Uh, and C, would Real need him? It's uh, a good question. Definitely need a winger at the moment, but I don't think uh, that he would go. I mean, he's sort of back into the fold out of Madrid. We are talking on the 4th of August, uh, the night that Biarral are playing Leicester City. Will you be covering that game in some capacity, watching a feed? Uh, I'm not able to get it, so actually. Um, I've not got it here. I've sort of stayed in, in Malaga, so we're a bit of a, uh, a holiday home for the moment. So we haven't got the game, unfortunately. But I've been speaking to 
old colleagues in Leicester about the game. I used to work in Leicester, so it was a bit of a, uh, a derby of mine, if you like. Oh, very nice. Um, but, yeah. And, of course... Yeah, so I used to, used to work for the Mercury in Leicester, so um, got good good connections there. Did you What years did you work for them from? Uh, not the glory years. I worked there between sort of Claude and Puel and when, when Brendan Lodge had taken over. So oh, sort of first... no. Was Puel as bad Six for a journalist years. as he was for an audience at home? Two, two, two. Yes, yeah, yeah. Difficult to understand, difficult, but you know, it's, it's difficult. Obviously, not his first language, mm-hmm. and you have to respect that. You're a translator as well, but did give it a go in English, so yeah, I respect anyone who speaks a different language. Probably the wrong appointment, but then they couldn't keep hold of Craig Shakespeare, who was the right appointment. But he always seemed a stopgap, and that era of Leicester was kind of the hangover year. Yeah, absolutely. Just sort of a, an in between, like you say, it was difficult for him coming in after such a successful period and what he did do is set up a brilliant appointment in Brendan Rodgers. Mm. <laughs> sort of uh, bad timing for him, but certainly for Rodgers, yeah, couldn't have been a better appointment on Leicester's part. Have you read Michael Cox's book, The Mixer? I haven't, no. It completely changed my mind. Obviously, Brendan, I know, is a Watford manager, famously crossed smoked salmon off the corporate lunch menu because he said, well, why are they getting salmon if I can't have a fullback? It didn't last long. But... <laughs> I mean, Brendan is as close to a British manager is to a Guardiola figure because he's done his homework. He's a football nerd like Benitez. But after Liverpool, it seemed that he needed a job. I always thought he was going to be an England manager, but maybe club football is more suited to him. And obviously he's won the FA Cup. So this weekend, Leicester will be playing in the charity shield, as was, uh, against Man City. Uh, and then you have a vested interest next week because this goes out on the sixth of August. Uh, will you be going to Belfast? Uh, unfortunately, not. You know, it's to be, to be so it's so difficult to actually get to Spain to move to Spain on time. Um, but I didn't go back to, to the UK. It's on such short, such a short turnaround. But I will be watching. Now, will Paul Torres be playing, or will he be playing a, an Olympic final this weekend? Uh, there's, there's a chance of both, actually. He is wow. playing an Olympic game. I'm not sure about the isolation rules. I'm, I'm sure you've seen he's played more minutes of football there in Europe this season. Um, but when asked this, when asked sort of the last couple of days, he said he did say that he would be in Belfast and whether he'd be able to play is, is another another sort of question. This is a, it's a crazy, crazy year. And uh, have you been waiting to get out to Spain for over a year? Were you meant to go last year? Um, no, I, I saw moved you sort of in December kind of thing and it was always a plan to move you permanently from from this summer so uh, yeah we did get you on time from when we wanted to move uh, though it was a obviously as you imagine a lot of hassle with, with testing and whatnot. God that, that earworm is da, da 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 it's still going through my head it is a great name <laughs> Rhiannon but you write Jamie Kemble or is it Kemblay it's Kemble isn't it <laughs> yeah without the accent just Kemble yeah Kemble uh, does it mean anything? What is a Kemble? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a name of a piano brand and a, and a place in Gloucester, but that's about as much as much as I know. Okay. No, I think my surname is a corruption of the German for bridge, Brucker, uh, which is amazing because my brother is marrying someone whose surname is Brugger, which is a word that means bridge. So it's a bridge bridge. Oh, really? But that is, that is for next year. Uh, you write, Jamie Kemble, for football-espania.net. Now... You have to put in a lot of work on this website because it's English language portal for La Liga. Now, if you were to give a percentage of articles 
that you write about Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Would it be A, 50, B, 75 or C, 99 percent? <laughs> Somewhere between. Closer to B, I think probably about 80 percent. Because obviously that's what get the clicks. But is it not depressing yeah. to write about Real Madrid who have vastly overspent on their new stadium and Barcelona who have vastly overspent on their Messiah? Um, so both those clubs are in disarray and unsurprisingly Atletico Madrid might look to win the league again this year. I don't think anything will stop them apart from their own incompetence. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you, like you might say, you might, I think Atletico Madrid in over a billion euros of debt as well. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, but I think, I actually think that Adventist will sort of help Barcelona and Real Madrid this season. I think Barcelona have probably got the best chance they've got a ridiculously strong squad if they can keep Messi as well. Then yeah, I actually think they are favourites despite all that's going on at the moment. Unbelievable, because they get so much money from the TV deal. Simon Cooper's new book is due out very soon. It's called The Barcelona Complex. So he'll be writing about the the Messi era, basically, and it, it'll accompany Jonathan Wilson's brilliant book, The Barcelona Legacy, which I imagine you've read. I'm not going to presume, but it is a brilliant book. No, I haven't read that one yet, actually. I just haven't long finished Graham Hunter's Barcelona book. Which is brilliant. Really Graham Hunter's book is outstanding. Uh, I had a new appreciation for Victor Valdez from his books about both Barca and Spain. He seems like the Joker there. But the era's coming to an end of that era. PK is probably more interested in the tennis tournament and the wife's uh, and bringing up kids. Bush gets his ageing. Zabi's gone, although he'll come back very soon. Uh, Iniesta's gone. I'm sure he'll come back very soon. Is the... um, plan that Guardiola comes back and runs the youth system? I'm not, I can't see that at the moment. Obviously, he's playing a bit elsewhere. Um, like you say, the year is sort of coming to an end, but when you look at sort of, I'm sure you've seen Pedri at the Euros and the Olympics, uh, the future's always brighter about Barcelona, even if, even if the sort of current circumstances are a little bit grim. Um, but there were some lovely young players coming through, like Eli Shmoney, but I think keep him as the young centre-backs, like Ronald Durrell, Horn, players like that. They've got a lot of young talent there, mm-hmm. so... In, in truth, um, we're just waiting for the next year, I think, at Barcelona. It's got such a well-run academy. And, and like you say, the, the ex-players that will probably come back and have a, a sort of influence in, in the running of it as well in the, in the coming years as they turn their attention to coaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Zabi is um, primed to take over. Now, I saw on Twitter, I might as well ask you, Coutinho is trending. Do you know why? Uh, not this evening, usually because he's... Linked with the move away. I haven't seen on Twitter this evening, but yeah, usually because he's either injured or will be linked away. I think he's currently coming back from injury, and um, I think Barcelona's preference was be to move, move him on, but I think they've got a really high amortization payments on him, so I think it would take a, a huge bid to get him out of there. I will see. Uh, well, I'll have to go to Football Espana. Net. I should also say you've written a book called Bluebird Heaven. We will get to that. It's about Cardiff City. It's got Neil Warnock on the front. You should get a signed copy. Since he's so keen on signing things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil was Neil was actually really great to cover um, during my time in Cardiff. Uh, really helpful. So um, yeah, he had to be on the front cover, didn't he, for what, what he did there? You were the um, written version of Junior Hoylet. You seem you seem to be as much a child of his as Junior Hoylet was. Followed him around, uh, but we'll get to Cardiff in the second half because we've got you here uh, before the Super Cup and just beforehand. I watched the end of the Europa League, the highlights of the penalty shootout. One of the best winning goals in a cup final, I think, of the last 10 years. What do you remember about uh, Gero Rulli's kick? 
Yeah, well, I remember too when I was so so nervous that penalty shootout. It's just a crazy, crazy penalty shootout. Twenty-one penalties scored, and obviously the last one missed. And I, just every every penalty VAR took was outstanding. I think the head touched one, got his hand to one of the penalties. The rest was all bottom corners, and many of them top corners. And obviously, like you say, Rui smashing the top corner himself, and then got up and made the save. Is unbelievable, unbelievable penalty shootout. Uh, the best way to win and the worst way to lose, I think. Absolutely, although United don't care because United's turnover is like £700 million. Villarreal's turnover, like 50, 50 million? Yeah, significantly less. Although, yeah, I think Villarreal probably just as well, probably a better run club than, than United are despite the, despite the turnover. <laughs> but that's what penalty shootouts do and it means that Villarreal have got this match on Wednesday against super-duper, super-duper Chelsea, Mason Mount, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, um, not Giroud because he's left, uh, Giroud's got a book out this year on pitch. I don't know if you know this, but Giroud's memoir is coming out this year. Yeah, that, that should be interesting. He's got a sort of a colourful personal life as well, what I've heard, so that should mm-hmm. be interesting. <laughs> yes, and uh, if you are Karim Benzema, you will get some lawyers, I imagine. Um, but mention, of, mention of Benzema. I think he is this era's forgotten man because he's such so good at his job, but no one ever says he's one of the best players in the world. Oh yeah, absolutely fantastic player. He sort of went underrated because of the many years he he held the ball up and then jumped out the way for Ronaldo almost. Um, that was sort of his role, and he was so good at it. And you know, now now Ronaldo's gone, he's his best goal scoring season of his career last year, despite his age. Um, and like you say, a, a true great in the game, and I think he'll probably continue to be just as good for the next couple of years. And I think he'll teach the young Brazilians that are coming through Real Madrid, expensively acquired, um, like Vinicius. I imagine training with Benzema will help his career to no end. Yeah, absolutely. That experience, obviously, that you say is, is just so so important for young players and, and he's got abundance of it and all at the top end of the game as well as won so much. It was interesting to see your take, your La Liga take, on Martin Odegaard, who was once the Vinicius Junior of that era, signed uh, with much fanfare, but he has not become the player of the generation. Uh, Odegaard loaned out to Arsenal for a bit, back at Real Madrid. I can imagine that they will um, loan him out again, although your argument is different. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it looks like he's going to keep him this season. Tony Cross is out for the first couple of weeks. Um, the depth, although oh, they've got a very strong midfield and the actual starting opportunities might be limited. They've got too much depth in that midfield in terms of a player like Odegaard who's got that something special up his sleeve. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see him keep him this season. He's still got the potential to be a real top player. Still only 22 years of age, so I'd imagine they do keep him. And I think that he probably will get more opportunities this season, especially with Modric out of contract next season and, and Kroos as well, obviously aging as well as Modric. Amazing! You forget about Luka Modric, who was the Player of the Year in 2018. He was. Who would you rather watch, Modric yeah, or David Silva or Cazorla? Oh, Let's go Cazorla. Cazorla or Modric? Well, now his bias involved, so I have to Yeah, that is an unfair question. Um, but they're <laughs> the same kind of player. They're very, like David Silva. They, it's all about uh, between-the-line play. Yeah, and, they, and all three have got that magic in their boots. And that, that quick touch, that, that through ball, that, that movement in between the lines that you say, just the, well, all three are generational players will miss when they, when they all have their boots. Mm-hmm. Um, are you scared as a Villarreal fan next week for the Super Cup? that uh, Chelsea will have Jorginho and Kante, uh, who are kind of four midfielders in one or two. Albeit, Villarreal have the great Etienne Capoue, who was famously better than Zidane. 
when he was at Watford. Uh, do you reckon Villarreal have a chance against Chelsea next week? More than just a 50-50 chance? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I think we'll see a tight game. Chelsea Chelsea will sort of will pick their moments and Villarreal will probably sit back in this one as they did in sort of the Europa League final. Um, so I can't see there being more sort of one goal in it. And because these are pre-season games effectively, um, no one's up to speed, no one's at their best. Uh, so I think, yeah, you'll probably see a tight game. But for that reason, certainly mm-hmm. got a chance of coming away with something, even if Chelsea are obvious favourites. And here's a fun factoid that I'm sure you'll get. What links the managers of Villarreal and Chelsea? Which famous football club? Uh, PS3. I thought you might know. I mean, there's no surprises. But yeah, I, it had just popped into my mind that both Emery and Tuchel have been fired by Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, who have had to de- so they've both had to deal with Neymar. Maybe they'll swap some Neymar anecdotes at Windsor Park. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I think it's not, it's not a very exclusive club. Well, they've had four, four managers in the last five years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Neymar. I think he's the example of a player that football should leave behind. It's a team sport now. Yeah, maybe I think he's getting better with age in that sense. Um, obviously, a wonderful player, but you know he's not not quite sort of Messi kind of sort of Ronaldo level. Maybe there's a there's a reason that in, in links to the way he approaches the game, like you say. Um, and he's yeah, I'm sure he enjoys being paid by Qatar rather than at Barcelona when he was paid by Qatar. I don't, was it the same people who sponsor Barca shirt that run Paris Saint-Germain, ultimately? Uh, that's a good question. I'm actually not sure. Well, I'm sure it's beyond your remit, because you only deal with football in Espana.net. Uh, how is your Spanish, and what kind of accent do you have when you speak Spanish? Is it Galician or uh, Castilian? Yeah, no, just, just, yeah, I think it's probably sort of never, I've only been to Madrid once, but that kind of accent, just, just because I've learned from from someone who speaks who speaks sort of Madrid Spanish. Um, yeah, so I think I've learned sort of for the last couple of years, um, still learning, always learning, but um, hopefully get sort of the fluency you need in the next kind of year, next year living here permanently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how have your siestas been now that you can legally have a siesta? Yeah, yeah, very good. I, I work very early in the morning, so I get up, you know, I get, well, I suppose it's normal in the UK, but get up at sort of six o'clock and work seven o'clock shift and then catch, catch an hour before start the next part of my shift so it's very much part of my day now so just, that's fun jolly good the big news in spanish football coverage is that gary lineker having said oh i want to follow leicester around europe well he has to do something at weekends to fund his lifestyle so he is going to be the face of la liga tv so we're going to get back to hearing lineker talking in spanish perhaps um, interviewing people. I know La Liga TV is Anglophone, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's all in English. Yeah. Um, very much aimed at English audience. Have you been on it? No, not on it. No, just I, I, that's why I used to watch games in the UK. So I used to show all the games and they still show all the games. So, yeah, it's a very good platform in fairness. Who are the pundits? Um, like like I mentioned, Graham Hunter's on there. We have um, Graham Balaguer, which was, was very good. And I mean, some ex-players as well. So, and they just added another presenter in Phil Kittrumley is a really good Spanish football podcast. He's going to be on here this year. And like you mentioned, Linnick has been added to this off star crew as well now. Graham Hunter is UEFA's man in Spain. And I had dealings with him when I worked for UEFA. I once asked him why Clement Longley uh, wasn't playing for France. And now he is. And disaster is striking for them. But um, of the journalists who cover Spain, many have written books on football, if you were to put Sid Lowe's book on fear and loathing in the Liga head to head with the combined might of Barca and Spain by Graham Hunter, who would win? 
Uh, the Spanish Football Podcast is presented by Sid and he always does his digests at the beginning of every week. My knowledge of Spanish football, like a lot of people's, starts and stops with the top three, which is why it was nice to see Villarreal sign uh, Purvis Estupinian and Etienne Capu. Uh, are they both going to feature quite heavily in this season's Champions League campaign for Villarreal? I'll have to see on that one, actually. With the left-back... With, with Estupinian, uh, we've got three left backs between Alberto Moreno's people, Liverpool, um, and Alfonso Padrata was long to lead ones. Padrata's sort of started left back, and there's a big battle going there for the whole start of the season. Um, as for Capu, it, it remains to be seen whether they'll strengthen that sort of defensive midfield role, but um, he did a really good job last season uh, when he came in in January, and well, he did brilliant, as you've seen, brilliant in the final. So it's Mark Bruno Fernandez out of the game. Uh, so yeah, I think. Probably Capu will feature more heavily given given the sort of wealth of options at left back. Everyone at Watford say he's a really really nice man, but I'm sure that he wanted the clause to be activated, the relegation clause. He did. Uh, he was professional uh, in the Watford's relegation season, but ultimately he needed to move on. It maybe he'd been in England too long, but he's found he's found both a good spot and Champions League football again which is excellent for him. Uh, Alberto Moreno is another. When Villarreal signed him, were there suspicions among the fan base? Because, after all, Klopp had preferred James Milner to Moreno at left-back for Liverpool. Uh, well, you signed a sort of depth option, to be fair. I um, already had sort of strong options in left-back, so it wasn't too much of a concern. But he, he wound up getting injured for the whole of last season anyway, so we haven't really seen a lot of him at Villarreal yet. Huh. He has had a good pre-season. And, and indeed, uh, I hope he has a good game against Leeds on Saturday. I've just spoken to a guy called Rocco Dean, who's a Leeds fan. I'm speaking to a Villarreal fan. The Moreno that I'm interested in talking about is about to become Villarreal's most important goal scorer. He's currently level with Giuseppe Rossi, who my, my grandpa remembers uh, playing for Man U. What will happen when Moreno scores the, the goal to um, break the tie? Perhaps it'll be next week. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, yeah, I mean, he comes in some sort of, I would like to think, he comes a club legend, especially for his contribution last year, he scored in the final of the Europa League. Um, the way he approached his game, he's not one to be phased by the lights. Um, never sort of, never sort of looked for the move. Well, obviously he has gone away and come back, but since, since come back and becoming sort of one of the Europe's hottest strikers, if you like, with 30 goals last season, he's never sort of, got carried away with any transfer links or anything like that just just someone who's happy with his with, with his life the way he lives at Villarreal and, and and the team around him the way the club supports him so yeah he's, he's a really loved figure in Villarreal uh, and like, like you say when he, when he breaks that record it'll be uh, everyone will be delighted for him and I'm sure he'll become an important part of the club's history as he, as he already is I imagine like Leicester City Villarreal are a selling club because looking at some of the big players in the past obviously Santi Managed, manages to play football on half a leg, but still, that half a leg makes him better than people with two. Baca and Riquelme are other club legends. So, Baca is South Argentinian? Colombian. Colombian, sorry. Um, so, there's a big link with South America there. Uh, and obviously, Estupinian is there at the moment, and Ruli is in goal. I imagine because lots of Argentinians speak, all Argentinians speak Spanish, so it's easy to go. And Villarreal are a sort of marketplace club. I call them departure lounge clubs, like Dortmund. They go there, impress, 
get a move on. Yeah, in a way, but I think um, as the club grows, we've become much smarter about it. Like, so, like, Germany always moved on, signed back, VAR kept kept half the, half the rights in his contract, so they've become a little bit smarter in that sense, and as the club grows from strength to strength, obviously keeping players for a lot longer. Um, like Pau Torres, for example, looks like he's going to stay this year, but Champions League they obviously there is an awareness that he eventually might move on when the right fee comes in, but we are starting to see now like for for instance, Germany has 100 million release clothes, and um, Pau Torres has 65 million. So they're trying to invest in more into raising those release clothes and making sure that if they sell players, it's for uh, a fee that they can't refuse. Here is a stupid question: If Gaspar had a fee release clause on him, how many zeros would be on it? Uh, yeah, this... that's a very decent player, Mario Gaspar, um, but he's coming to to the twilight of his career. I was in his 30s now, so 15 million, I think. He has just surpassed 400 games. In fact, I think the Europa League final was 401. He was the chap who lifted the trophy. The statue will be made to him. Why is he such a mainstay of this Villarreal side? Is he just good at talking to managers and staying in the team? Um, no, obviously a very, very good player. He's been linked with sort of Manchester United in the past and things like that. Um, he has sort of, sort of been out last season because of Juan Foyt playing really well. Um, there was competition there right back and like I say, Mario Gaspar is sort of getting, getting on a little bit. Um, so I think there will be a sort of change there right back as we as we come into this year and next year. But um, obviously a great leader and a great servant to the club, as you mentioned. So that's, well, yeah, but like I said, quality, quality of play is why he's been there for so long and why he's, why he's so favoured under numerous managers. And he gets Champions League football this year. As Europa League winners, I don't know what pot... Um, Bial go into, but I imagine they have to avoid the three other clubs. Uh, actually, pot one, so I think that's the best the best pot they can be in um, as Europe League winners. Wow. Well, you might get Chelsea. There's every chance that Villarreal and Chelsea will be in the same group in that case. Uh, I don't think Chelsea because Chelsea won the Champions League. Uh, of course, they're yeah, they're in pot one as well. Yes, yeah. good point, and uh, that is why. Uh, Chelsea and Villarreal are playing in the Super Cup next week in Belfast. Um, I don't know what channel it will be on in the UK. I imagine BT Sport. What channel is it on in Spain? I believe it's on on Movie Star, but I think because of the rights for um, the Champions League, you for I think show it free on YouTube. I believe. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same with the Super Cup. I think that's right. Uh, I'll try and watch some, if not all, on YouTube. It is a meaningless friendly, although. Uh, the uh, motivation for Unai Emery is that he lost two finals as Sevilla manager, uh, two Super Cups. And I'm sure it'll be nice for him to have that on a CV. But Emery seems to have found the right club. I think Arsenal was a step too far, PSG a step too far. He did so astonishingly well with Sevilla uh, that he can fly under the radar a bit. And Villarreal, I imagine his um, appointment was welcomed by fans of the club. I wouldn't say it was sort of too far, so I think it's just the wrong the wrong club at the wrong time because I think oh so I, I still are in a transition phase and I haven't gone forward since Emery. I think Emery did well to sort of finish I think a point outside the top four. And in reflection when you look back now that's probably not such a bad finish. Although obviously things ended a, bit, a little bit bitterly um, and it was the right time for him to leave. But yeah I think very really pleased to get him uh, his mandate was to win win a trophy. Uh, there was some some pressure on him in the league because I think Villarreal sort of sacrificed the league to go for it in the Europa League, but obviously once once that sacrifice paid off, um, he's become well a historic manager. It's the first major trophy in the club's history, and obviously the first first European trophies. He's done what he does best in winning the Europa League, and, and he certainly bought himself plenty of credit with with Villarreal fans. 
Yep, it is the Unai Emery Trophy, in the same way that finishing fourth in the Premier League was the Wenger Trophy. What is stopping uh, Villarreal signing Arsenal's players who played under Emery, who are not wanted anymore, uh, to play in the Champions League next year? Like Bellerin, for instance. Wow, my name, my main answer will be uh, well, they're good enough. <laughs> I think they have proved that they're probably better side than Arsenal at the moment to beat them in the semi final. And Bellerin sort of probably got off the ball in the last year or so. Uh, like I say, you mentioned Mario Gaspar right back, for example. Oh, of course, he's not going to get in the team. Yeah. Um, Juan Foyt did brilliantly there last year. He's, he's been there. Yeah, that, that'll be the answer. Got Francis Copeland, I think we've done Emery Arsenal. I think that, yeah, I believe they passed with a cross. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's not, there's not too many players I've picked from with Arsenal, more apart from sort of Lukaya Saka and players like that. But obviously, they'll, they'll be out of reach given, given Arsenal will keep those. And it's incredible that Emery will be managing in the Champions League next year. And Arsenal, I don't think, are even in. Oh, they might be in the Conference League. I haven't even checked. It's still pre season. Uh, no, they're not, they're not in anything. It's the first time they've missed out in 25 years. So, not oh, in wow. football. No. Crikey. That's very interesting. 